0: three two one roll the
1: footage
0: back to the strategy sprints podcast i'm your host simon severino what if you could hang out with the coolest sprinters on the planet and ask them about their problems their workflows and the solutions they found this is exactly what we do here day after day and today we are here to explore with number one best-selling author of The Café on the Edge of the World and The Big Five for Life what it takes to write a book like The Big Five for Life, how to sell six million copies worldwide of a wonderful book, how to live both profitability and purpose and which numbers to really track because they are important. Welcome, everybody. John Streletsky.
1: Hey, great to see you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Glad to see you're doing good and happy to be here.
0: Pumped to be here. My first encounter with your books was like maybe six years ago when a friend of mine said, this is the book you have to read. <laughs> and it was The 5 for Life and he gave it to everybody, every employee, every people he would meet on the street. That's how good the book uh, was. So tell us about that. Why did you start that book?
1: Well, first of all, please thank your friend for me, because that is the highest compliment possible for an author is when someone enjoys something enough that they want to share it with people that they care about. And uh, I I love that story and I never get tired of it. And that has been the key for that book in particular, that in the cafe book, I can't tell you the number of times I'm doing a book signing in Austria uh, where you are or somewhere else. And I say, well, how did you hear about the book? And they say, my best friend gave it to me, or I gave it to my best friend and here she is. Uh, So that's just, I mean, that's just awesome. Um, The, the genesis of that book was I had written the cafe on the edge of the world and it was doing really well. And I was thinking to myself, you know, people spend probably 70% of their awake life Monday through Friday, either at work, getting to work or thinking about work. And so if I want to inspire people to live an amazing life, what if I was to create something in a story that encapsulated the work aspect of life? And that was the genesis of the idea. And then I asked myself, okay, so in conjunction with that, like, what would it look like if I was to tell the story of the greatest leader in the world in the context of a business story, yet a life story? And uh, so I started there and built from there. And then, uh, as you know, from having had the experience of reading the book and talking to people about it, there was just... There's pieces of it that just really connect with people like Museum Day Morning, the concept of the Big Five for Life as, as a concept itself. And it just kind of took off and continues to take off to this day. So it's very exciting.
0: It's Absolutely exciting. And maybe there are two people out there in the world who do not yet know the book. Can you, <laughs> can you, can you share no. the <laughs> museum? There won't be after this podcast because I know everybody knows this show. Can you share the museum thing?
1: Yeah. So this was uh, this was something that came to me, actually. I was wandering through a tiny little museum in a place called the Winter Garden, Florida, just this tiny little town. And, and I saw all these pictures from people in the 1930s and 1940s. And it was like high school pictures and prom pictures. And, and I, I couldn't help but think to myself looking at these individuals when they were 17, 18 years old. Uh, and now... Thinking, wow, most of them, if not all of them, have probably passed on already because, you know, that was so long ago and wondering to myself, did they do it? Like, did they live the life they wanted to live? Did they ask out that person that they always wanted to ask out? Did they go on the big adventure they always dreamed of going on? And uh, that single experience in that tiny little museum generated this concept of Museum Day and Museum Days. Imagine if every moment of your life was recorded, everything you did, everything you said, the places that you went, uh, the ways you spent your time. And then towards the end of your life, a museum was built to honor you, except that the museum would show your life exactly how you lived it. And so if 80 percent of your time was spent at a job that you didn't like or on activities that didn't bring you joy, then no matter how much you wished it to be different, 80% of your museum would show that. And there would be videos and kiosks and wall hangings and all kinds of stuff. And if to the contrary, you loved spending time in the outdoors or with your family or your friends, but for whatever reason, you only spent about 2% of your life on those things, then only 2% of your museum would be dedicated towards that. You know, Maybe just a few pictures here and there. And the big aha associated with this is that imagine if heaven or the afterlife or however each person perceives that this life experience works actually consists of us being the tour guide for our own museum for all of eternity. And when people hear that and when they read it in the book, like that's a big aha moment. That's when I I so often hear from people when they're standing in line doing book signings or at events like, wow, when I read that, that was a cataclysmic shift in the way that I viewed my life.
0: Oh, yes, and I was recently watching um, the, I think it's a Disney movie, Soul, Mm -hmm. with my kids, and there is this moment, I'm I'm wondering if if Disney is paying you for this, because there is this moment where this jazz musician, if not, uh, double check, this jazz musician who is kind of exploring the purpose of his life and his dream versus what he's living, and then there is this moment where they walk him through the museum of his life. And it yeah. is it, literally what they are doing there. They, did they ask you?
1: Well, so one of the things that I love about being an artist uh, and an entrepreneur is that each person has genius within them. And I, I try and add my value to the world, my value to society through what I do, which is creating stories and telling stories. And then I love when other people who have different types of geniuses uh, riff off of that. And so there have been songs written about Museum Day. There's been songs written about the Big Five for life. Uh, there have been everything from board games, all kinds of stuff that I'm um, sometimes I'm involved with and sometimes I'm not. In the case of uh, the Disney movie Soul, I don't know for sure that someone had read the Big Five for life or heard the TED talk that I did or whatever. But you know, the goal is to inspire people to live an amazing life. And so if someone was inspired by that and then adapted that concept or that idea and rolled it into their story, I'm okay with that because the goal is again, and that movie is, although it's certainly a great movie for adults too, I think it's a movie that can connect with younger people as well because it is animated. And you know what, if that inspires a younger kid to think about their life in that way, fantastic. Like I'm super happy about that.
0: And it certainly inspires me right now and many listening right now to go, hey, how am I living my life? How much percent does this museum show of what I do and, and, and of what I'm really excited about? Is it 2 percent, 20 percent, 80 percent? That's worth thinking about.
1: Yeah. And you you mentioned your kids and, you know, being, I'm a parent myself, I have a daughter and that can be an incredible reminder of how fast the game of life goes because kids are like, they're like personal yardsticks. You see them every day. You see how fast they're growing and you see, well, they're one grade to the next grade to the next. And so that's a really good reminder that you only have a certain amount of time with your kids when they're little. You only have a certain amount of time with your kids before they go off to university. And we, as individuals, only have a certain amount of time on the planet. And nobody knows for sure when that two-minute warning is going to start ticking. But you know, this doesn't go on forever. And I think part of what's happened over the last year and a half is we've gotten a reminder about how precious things are that maybe I can say for myself, I had just gotten to the point where I took it for granted. You know, I could get on an airplane and fly wherever I wanted to uh, on an adventure trip, which is something that I love to do. Uh, and now for the last year and a half, it's just been impossible because the world has been under this situation. And that reminded me of, wow, maybe I need to be a little extra grateful for the ability to go do those things that I love to do. So that's my hope is that this situation has helped us all be grateful for what we have uh, and that it inspires people to think about what do they want in their museum? What are their big five for life? And therefore, what do they need to adjust in their existence so that they are living more of
0: their big five for life? How did you cope with this lockdown? Did you say, "Oh, finally, time to write?" <laughs> uh well, so I did. Uh fans of the
1: the cafe on the edge of the world are going to be pretty excited over the next few weeks as we make some announcements in regards to that. So, I'm not officially allowed to say it yet, but I can say that yeah, I I used this time to to do some writing. Uh and then I also, you know, I was challenged just like everybody else was challenged to keep myself sane in the midst of what was very constricting behavior compared to my normal behavior. And one of the things that I learned was that if you can't go macro, look for ways to go micro. And so since I couldn't go do adventure trips around the world, like I like to do uh, in backpacking in different exotic places, then, okay, where can I go within a two hour drive of my home? So I can go there, I can have the adventure and I can come back home. And I have to say I I had some great adventures uh, with my daughter, uh, my solo solo adventures in the kayak. Things that honestly, it was like, I wouldn't have explored those because they're so close to home, Uh, but I I did. And so we are very adaptive as humans. And one of the challenges for us is how do we grow in a situation that's changing? And COVID has challenged us in that regard. Hopefully we learn something from that about what's in our own neighborhoods and uh, hopefully we'll apply that for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. I was thinking if I would write a book, it would be my small five for life. Because with two small kids, with my boys, our radius is so small anyways, because you get to a certain point and then somebody's hungry, somebody, you need to change the diapers. So our radius is very small. And also it it has been an an adventure to see more of the surroundings and to find things here around the house, et cetera. And look what I found today. And it's it's also this beautiful magic of, of the small space, of the everyday, of the ordinary things.
1: Yeah, I I mean, this may sound absolutely super foolish, but one of the things that happened, I remember during, I think, I don't know, about the sixth month of this situation, I remember going to bed and laying back on my mattress and on my pillow. And I'm an adventure traveler. So when I go do adventure travelers, uh, it's backpacking. It's in very remote, very rugged situations. And I often go to countries that are a little a lot off the grid. And uh, I remember, again, about the six-month mark laying back on my mattress and my pillow. I'm thinking, wow, like if you looked over the scope of human history, whoever had a mattress and a pillow was probably a king or a queen, you know, and, and here we just take it so for granted that we're sleeping in this lap of luxury. And so you're right within the, you know, 300 square meters or how any way, shape or form, you can find a dozen things that were like, wow, this is so cool. I have so much to be grateful for. And you're right. When you got kids, uh, it challenges you to be creative and to create fun in that home little space. Um, and hopefully, those are great memories that will carry on for people. That it's not just about the big thing that you can create fun in the small space. A blown here's here's a perfect example of that. A blown up balloon can be hours of entertainment for you and a kid.
0: Yes, absolutely. We love balloons so much, and uh, both both pumping them up, but also destroying them, and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, one thing that the lockdown has made possible for me it is I started writing for the very first time. So I know now how hard it is to really write because writing is rewriting is rewriting is you have to get into that space. It's the craft of showing up every day. It yeah. minutia of eliminating words after the seventh round of looking at the same words. So I'm curious, what's your workflow? What's your, your magic that makes you so prolific?
1: So I've, I've learned different techniques over time that have helped me. And I know that so many of your listeners and watchers are leaders within organizations. And so I'll share, share with you what I do. And I'll also share it in the context of how I think it applies on a bigger, broader scale as well. So for me, I have a process that I know that works. And if I, make, if I feel inspired to work on something, uh as a writer then i will start compiling my ideas and that can take months and i will just every time i have a good idea i'll write it down and then i enter it into a document and i store that document it's just my good idea document as it relates to this project and then after a couple of months when i decide now's the time i'm actually going to start the project i go back through and i read all everything in my good idea document and from there i begin the process and then as you said it's showing up every day i make a dedicated Uh, commitment that i will not do anything else until i write 10 pages a day and when i do that a couple of great things happen one is that my mind already starts working on the 10 pages while i'm sleeping the night before because it knows this is what we're going to accomplish the next day this is like primary one objective and the second thing is that i feel a great sense of accomplishment at the end of the 10 pages every day I also know that it's very easy to make decisions about ways in which I am or am not going to spend my time because literally, no matter what else comes my way and my inbox, my phone, et cetera, it gets zero attention until my 10 pages are done for the day. So this process of allocating all of your resources and those include your time, your energy, your thought resources, your financial resources, if your project relates to that, towards just the thing that is the most important thing to you, has a fantastic effect it not only are you making really good progress every day and that makes you feel good and that inspires you to continue on uh, which is useful um, but like i said it also gets rid of all the sort of distractions there's none of that because you're just not willing to allocate energy or time or resources to that until you're done with this uh and then i think the last thing is then because you know you have a very specific goal and you're seeing progress towards that goal that you don't have what you can experience in other endeavors, which is like, I just don't feel like doing it today. It just doesn't happen. you know. And if you have a day where you're not as excited about doing it, you still sit down and you get your 10 pages and you don't quit until it's done. To me, this is one of the keys to success, whether you're trying to figure out how to lead your team to higher profitability and more success in, in whatever your venture is, whether it's you're getting yourself in better shape every day, whether it's you want to be a great parent. It's just about knowing like, and this goes back to the big five for life. What are the five things that I'm going to dedicate all my time, energy and resources towards? And those get my first attention and priority before anything else does.
0: You have just described the sprints method, the strategy sprints method, how we work with executive teams, one thing, seven days, and then again, regeneration. And then next week, one thing, seven days. And it's so beautiful while you tell this because Everybody right now listening who is he's writing, we know how how serious of a craft it is. And if you don't do that, how hard it is. It's Sisyphus. <laughs> Come back and where was I and where, where is this idea and does it stick to that character? Oh, I have to go back. But where was it in the intro that I said that? Oh, I have to link right. that. And you lost the the, the spirit and the flow.
1: Yeah, it's, it's about optimizing efficiency, which I know seems like a strange concept as it relates to writing. But you're 100% right that if I have to remember where I was and what my thinking was, then I'm delaying the creative process that we, is waiting to happen. And so if I'm doing it every day, I'm just staying in that flow. I'm staying in that stream. I don't have to go back and reread the last 12 pages I wrote to remember where I'm at in the story and what the energy is. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a very effective technique. And I've I've used it for years and years and years, and I've just found it to be really successful. And yeah, there's some days, like I said, where you sit down and you're not sure where to go. So you just start. And in the process of just starting, good things happen. And I'll tell you, I'm a firm believer in what I call the cosmic algorithm of the universe that there are certain factors at play that we can't explain that are just part of the way things work, part of the fabric, the energy of the way in which all things work. And one of them that I've discovered is that the universe and substitute God, substitute whatever your personal belief system is, but the universe is not just listening, but the universe is watching. And so I can say every day, oh, I wish I had a better performing team or I wish my company was more successful or I wish I was uh, I wish I had completed my book project. And that has some degree of energy to it. That said, If the universe is watching, not just listening, and every day it sees that I'm committed to this thing, whatever this thing is, that if you believe that the universe is a benevolent force and it looks down upon you and says, well, gosh, you know, John and and Simone, they could be spending their time on anything, but they're spending their time on this. That must be what they really care about. And therefore, I will assist them in making that happen. And that, to me, is when you have these random coincidence moments, uh, you have like the great idea that pops out of nowhere, you have the experience like I had with Museum Day, where I'm walking through a museum, not thinking about a new book project, and all of a sudden I get this idea, which becomes something that has become part of the vernacular. I can't tell you how many people send me emails and say, I have a great museum day, right? This has become part of the culture. Uh, and that happens when we're demonstrating through our actions, not just our thoughts and words. That this is important to me, whatever the this is.
0: I love it. And maybe even even if somebody listening right now, no, 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 I don't think the the universe is so benevolent, even if without the assumption of a benevolent universe, when you commit and when you lean in, you have this escape velocity thing, a stone that is rolling. Yeah it continues to roll. It doesn't need any force or effort anymore. It's easier for the stone to roll than, than to stop.
1: Yeah. And so and in conjunction with that, so you're right, everybody's got their own belief system. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this. I think one of the other factors that could be at play with that is that people want to get on a moving train. So if you say to somebody, oh, I've got this idea for a project, or I've got this idea for a new business or for a new product. Well, at that point, it has a certain level of energy because it's just an idea. But if you say, I'm doing this and here's the progress I'm making so far, and here's what I'm doing tomorrow about it. And here's what I'm doing this entire week about it. That gets people more excited because they see, wow, this is really happening. There's plenty of talkers in the world. There's few, far few doers and people want to be part of something where it's in motion. And so, yeah, you're right. If, if the whole, if I'm completely wrong about the cosmic algorithm of the universe, uh, then one of the factors that could be Involved in this is just the fact that people want to be part of something that's already happening versus something that's being talked about. And when they see you writing every day, it's happening. When they see you developing your product,
0: it's happening. And it it reflects back the way they talk about you, they, the the yeah. way they look at you. It gives you energy back. So it's it's both ways it's a loop. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm curious because you get so much so so much mails uh, of people showing their their museums. Have you seen an idea where you say, uh, hey, this is how you can actually build your museums, like with paper or drawing it? Is, is there some examples that pop up in your mind?
1: You know, I, it's You Yeah, it's been really wonderful over the years. People have sent us uh, montages. People have sent us huge poster board pictures of them in their museum. Um, for a long time, my team and I have been talking about a project where we would have uh, an app or something where people can sort of build their museum in the app. And so everybody's got their own version of the way in which they do it. Some just keep it in their head, Uh, some sketch it out. Uh, So everybody's is a little bit different the the core aspect of it for everyone though comes back to their big five for life the museum is built around these are the things that i most want to do see or experience these are my big five for life and therefore as i'm out there doing seeing and experiencing them what adventures do i go on what special moments do i have with my kids with my family or even by myself and then capturing those stories capturing those images and and remembering them and the cool thing about it i don't know about you but you think that you're going to remember great moments forever. And then about seven years later, it's just sort of foggy. You sort of remember. And then about a dozen years later, you can barely remember. Just you maybe you get the highlight. But what's fascinating is when you see a picture of that moment, or even better, a small little video, all of the associated memories come back. The sights, the sounds, the smells, the surrounding people, everything. And so one of the cool things about Museum Day is that, yeah, if you if you take a few seconds and capture these special moments... Uh, just a small piece of it while it's happening, then you get to tap into that energy for the rest of your life.
0: That's true. If we don't do that, I, I just remember—I I remember mainly nothing. My 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 wife is good at remembering. My kids are very good at remembering. I forget everything. I'm I'm always focused. What's next? And what do I need to solve? Or who needs something from me? Where do I need to show up next? Yeah. So um, I'm super super. Fascinating. And I guess right now people are saying, oh, I want this big five for me. How do I pick the five? I, I guess you are asked this all the time. Uh,
1: yeah. So this was something that uh, when I released the Big Five for Life book, you know, I was getting so many Uh, great pieces of feedback from readers and so many leaders were sharing with me that they had been distributing it to their teams and they were having conversations among their teams. And I remember one leader, uh, such a fantastic person, she's in the telecom space. And So one of the things she did with her team was to enable each person to decorate their office as they wished in spirit with their big five for life. That was the only caveat was that it had to be in spirit with their big five for life. And so they sent me all these cool pictures. One guy was a huge hockey fan. So his entire office was decorated with hockey stuff. Another guy was a Star Wars fan. And so, yeah, it is just awesome to get these types of feedbacks. And one thing that does come back very often was, okay, so what's the process to figure out my big five for life? about, I don't know, 12 or 14 years ago, I actually sat down and took two months of my life and created a process. Because for me, I went and backpacked around the world when I was 32. And that, that, was, that was completely life-changing for me. It gave me great clarity about what I wanted to do with my life, what were my big five for life. Uh, I realized not everybody has the ability or chooses or you know wants to take a year and go backpack around the world. So what else can people do? And so I created this experience for people and it's a two-day experience that they go through and they walk out with 100% certainty about their big five for life. And so I don't personally teach the courses anymore. I have a team in Germany and in Austria that does that and here in the US. But what I can do just as a thought starter for people who are watching this is... I'll give you some examples of the types of questions that people ask themselves over the course of the two days. Um, Because what happens is everybody already knows their big five for life. It's already inside your mind. The trick is to move that information from your unconscious to your conscience so that you can actively do something with the knowledge. And what happens over time when we're kids, like we have great ideas when we're kids about who we are and what we like and what we want to do. And then that gets buried by people telling you, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you have to do this, or we read stories uh, in the news, or we watch something that says how dangerous the world is, and that puts another layers of impossibility. And so our goal uh, when someone takes those courses is to help move that information forward. And as an example, if I said to you, hey, here's 300 euro, $300 if you're watching in the States, And you can spend it on anything you want, but you can't spend it on an obligation. So you can't pay your phone bill. You can't pay your rent with it. You have to spend it on something that is something that you really want. And then we give people 10 or 15 minutes to write down what that is. Now, that seems like such a simple question. And that's the point. We ask very simple questions to produce really profound results. Because what I see uh, when someone gives me their answers to that is I will see, oh, Did they buy something that is an experience or did they buy something that is a thing, a tangible object? Did they buy one item or did they buy multiple items? Did they buy something that has long-term value or short-term gratification? Did they buy something for themselves? Did they buy something for other people? These are the types of clues that you get in a single simple question, like, what would you spend $300? And as you can imagine, over the course of the two days with a whole bunch of questions like this, you start to see patterns and you start to see clues. And in those patterns and clues, uh, it's very easy to uh, enable somebody to figure out oh, here's the patterns and clues. Here's how they bond together. Here's my big five for life. And on top of that, here's the, my purpose. Here's why I exist on the planet. So it's a super cool process. I loved doing it. Um, When I had my own daughter and because of language barriers of teaching the courses in other countries, I realized, you know what, it's better to to train really good coaches and have them do that. Um, But I still love hearing the stories of people who are going through the experience and all that they learn about themselves. So, yeah, that's the process.
0: So powerful and uh, so applicable. Everybody listening here can do this. This is an amazing episode. I will listen to this while running again and again. Beautiful. Beautiful. You inspire so many people. Where do you take inspiration from? Is it books, podcasts, movies?
1: So, I I mean, I love uh, different sources of input. Uh, nature for me is a huge one. So tying, tying an answer to your question that you just gave me also back to the idea of, like, what is the process of discovering my Big Five for Life? Um, in the Café on the Edge of the World, my first book, the first question that the main character encounters is, why are you here? And stated on a personal level, why am I here? Why do I exist? What is my... You know, what am I going to do with my 28,900 days on the planet? And so, allowing ourselves to spend time every day, as we're talking about, like a consistent process, going out in nature, going for a walk in the woods, along the beach, wherever you happen to live, that is nature, and asking yourself that question why am I here? What do I want to do with my life? And just noting where that question takes your mind and not having any distractions, just allowing yourself to be in that natural space. Produces amazing, amazing results. It, it's just incredible what the 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 information inside of your head will bring out on that simple question. When there's no distractions. So part of my inspiration is going out in nature and spending time. Uh for the first time in over a year and a half, I was able to go and put my head under the water with a snorkel mask recently. And oh my gosh, it was just like I had forgotten how key that was to my happiness. When I dunked my head under that water and I saw the fish, I was like, oh my, I'm back home, you know? And so part of part of it for me is nature. Part of it is finding inspiration and laughter through other people's content. Um, There's a great podcast called Smartless, which might you're talking about someone referring the Big Five for Life to you. So one of my best friends told me, you got to listen to this podcast called Smartless. And it is so flippin' funny. And I laugh every time I listen to it. And so I find inspiration through the laughter that I experience through other people's content. And uh, yeah, you just never know. You just never know. It's everywhere. There's great inspiring Smartless, stuff everywhere.
0: Like this? Smartless?
1: Smartless. Yeah. Yeah
0: and uh, we have some feedbacks lisa maria centeno i love the simple questions to find the big five for life we have somebody applying it already thank you maria
1: (laughs) that is awesome that's awesome yeah and you know that same energy that we were talking about that momentum building upon momentum that applies to the discovery process of your big five for life as well again whether it is the universe noticing how serious you are about living an amazing life and therefore these coincidental moments start to happen very regularly in your life whether it is that because you are allocating a certain amount of time every day and committing to that that it just builds the momentum and builds the energy i wish i could tell you exactly the way this cosmic algorithm of the universe works i see glimpses of it i see patterns within it Uh, i definitely have not figured it all out yet but i can say that allowing yourself to believe that this is possible finding examples here's another great piece of the algorithm if your desire is to go backpack around the world, the more you're looking instead of asking the question, well, how do I do that? Ask the question, who's already doing that? Who's already done that and finding these people. And that applies whether you want to build an amazing organization that has like zero turnover, that has incredible longevity, that has a highly innovative structure within your corporate structure. It doesn't really matter what you want to do. to your experience, if you apply the question, or the concept that it is not how do I do this, but it is who, who's already doing, seeing and experiencing this, and then immersing yourself in that person's energy for at least a little bit of time every day. Oh my gosh, that is seriously one of the most powerful things I have ever discovered and ever adapted in my life.
0: And so you are not allowed to talk about your next project, but will it be something uh, around the universal algorithm? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, definitely. So it's, again, for CAFE fans are going to be very excited as we as we can finally announce as the weeks progress here. Uh, and, and there's definitely a piece of that, this cosmic algorithm of the universe and the way that that impacts what we do and the likelihood that we're going to end up at the end of our statistically speaking 28,900 days and look back over our life and be super psyched about what's in our museum and the ways in which we spent our minutes.
0: What are your big five for life?
1: So thank you for asking that. That is seriously to me, that is like one of the most wonderful gifts you can give another human being is by genuinely being curious, not just about the sort of fluff stuff about life, but like, because I don't, I don't really enjoy conversations that are just super generic. Like I really like getting to know people. And when someone asks you, or when we ask someone else about something like, what are your big five for life? Or what are you seriously loving in life right now? That is an incredible gift to give that person. So thank you very much for asking the question. Um, Number one on my list is to have a loving relationship with the people that matter most to me. Um, And I'll tell you that this is something that continues to shape and evolve over time as my own daughter gets bigger and bigger. Um, I lost my father two weeks ago. He passed away. Uh, And saying goodbye to someone that has been such a wonderful presence in my life for my whole existence you know was such a very sad and very profound reminder of the fact that life doesn't go on forever and if there are people in your life that you love make sure you spend time with them because you don't always get the chance forever um so number one loving relationship with the people that matter most to me Uh, number two is to travel the world like i said i have not been able to do a lot of that over the last year and a half so i had to travel the world within two hours of my house and discovered all kinds of cool stuff uh, and as a matter of fact, I think my team posted on TikTok. I had this amazing experience with alligators uh with my daughter on one of our adventure days. So if you check, check out our TikTok channel. I think they posted it on there. We literally saw 20 baby alligators crossing this path, like 15 feet in front of us. And as we were watching the babies, all of a sudden this mama gator comes out. She's like nine feet long. And this is literally like if we had walked five seconds faster down that path like mama and us would have met on the path so this amazing experience uh so travel the world if i can't do it big then at least i can do it local uh number three is to master mind over matter like i said this concept of the cosmic algorithm of the universe what we are capable of but we don't necessarily use every day completely fascinates me and I'm determined to learn as much as I can about this, this cosmic algorithm of the universe. Um, number four, to inspire as many people as possible through the books that I write uh, by doing great interviews with this like this. So thank you for the invitation today. Uh, and number five, this is the one that makes everyone sort of laugh, but uh, is to write a song that breaks the top ten of the pop charts. i love the the way that music i don't know if you've ever had this experience but I, i was in a bar one time in cusco peru with a buddy of mine and there's people from all over the world probably 20 different languages are being spoken in this bar and all of a sudden one song comes on this very famous song by usher great song and in seconds the entire dance floor is packed with people having a great time there's no cultural barriers, there's no language barriers, because they all connected around music. And I, I just I just love that. The fact that you can change people's state in three and a half minutes through a song.
0: Oh yes. There are some songs that I remember right now when we were in the Toscana and I had injured, really seriously injured my 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 feet and I couldn't even sit. But then comes this song and up and we are we are dancing right now. I love
1: that. I love that. Yeah, so that that to me is one of the because songwriting is it's the same, I think, at least from what I've worked on so far, it's the same creative process. It's about allowing yourself to tap in intuitively to what you think will work. It's about mastering the lyrics and the way that you tell a story. The I mean, what's fascinating to me is that you tell a story in three and a half minutes or four minutes. That's a really short story. And to make it profound and powerful in three and a half, four minutes means like you were saying before commitment to the craft. You know, all right. What is the right word in that moment? What is the right transition phrase? So I admire it. I love it, and uh, I'm super psyched to add that to a part of my life story.
0: Wow, I'm I am so touched by your five. Um, so people, you see right now, and I, I guess everybody listening right now has has uh, is deeply touched by these five big five for life. How how powerful it is just to think about it. And how simple it is! You go out in nature. You ask yourself, uh, "What am I here to accomplish?" And um, and you let it emerge. And when you have these five, feel this energy right now. You are in Florida. I am in Europe. Uh, people are listening somewhere in Shanghai, and they are feeling this right now.
1: Yeah,
0: this is so powerful. And and. Um, it, it, it is one of the magic moments of the pandemic that we are connected. Even if we are isolated, we are so connected. And yeah. we are so connected. And social mobility is so strong. We have interns from Hong Kong that <laughs> are able to learn entrepreneurship with us. That would never have been possible without yeah. a lockdown. So social mobility is here. People can reach out to people, tap into their energy, and uh, as, you, as you say, this is so strong when you can be in the energy field of somebody that is relevant for you and is inspirational for you. This is right now possible for all of us. You can be 16 from your basement, reach out to somebody, connect, Totally, that, and they would have been in a plane and have
1: no time. And, and that's, I mean, this is an amazing time in human history. So for I would love to hear your Big Five for Life if you happen to know them and have them handy, by the way, and love to have that be out there talking to people about it. Uh, before we get to that, I will say that you're so right about this, that no matter what is on your Big Five for Life list, there's never been a better time in human history to find the who, who has already done, seen, or experienced it. Because within seconds, you can get on Google and type in whatever your Big Five for Life is and hit the button. And it's going to pop it up. And one of the techniques that I recommend to people is type in your big five for life item. So let's say if you, uh, let me think of one that would, so let's say you wanted to be, you wanted to learn to be a chef. So one of your big five for life is I want to be a chef. You could type in want to be a chef Vienna, right? Or want to be a chef Miami. And literally it's going to, Google is going to do all the work for you in terms of connecting you to potential who's that are within a 30 mile, 30 a kilometer radius of exactly where you are think about it 50 years ago 20 years ago even not possible but today effortless and, and that's such a gift and it would be a shame if we didn't take the opportunity to leverage that gift and live the life that we want
0: absolutely yeah thank you for asking what what my purpose is so my first one is to be a a, a man to francisca who is At the same time, adventure and home. Because I asked her this after, I think we were married for eight years already. And uh, I asked her in in a moment in nature, hey, can you even remember what was the dream when when you married me? Why did you marry me? Can you remember the dream? What's your dream? And she said, well, it's freedom and home. And uh, I am so glad that I asked this question. It became my number one, uh, because yeah, that's my number one. That's number awesome.
1: freedom, freedom being the ability to do what you want, when you want, how you want, and home being this. Say, if I hear, you, if I'm understanding you correctly, home being this, this, this space that you've created, you and your family, where you have just connection and time together, and it just feels right. Is that is that the essence of it?
0: Yes, for, for her, it was exploring the world and being adventurous, but having a safe place gotcha. uh, at uh, the same time. Yeah, And then the second is, uh, and it's, it, it has a question mark in there, is how can I contribute to a free st- and strong Federico and Alessandro? These are my boys, and basically, my my question is: What can I do to not interfere into their wonderful being because they are strong and free and wonderful? Yeah. Uh, But for me, is how can I be a father that uh, that is in service of that and not bringing in other agendas that are not theirs?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The the third one is how can I serve the community of sprinters. Uh, around the world. Uh, the sprinters are people who do stuff instead of talking about stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are sprinters and I want to help them uh, get rid of everything else that's maybe hindering them, blocking them. And then the, the fourth one is how can I uh, help increase social mobility around the globe? So exactly what we are doing, reaching out mind to mind, heart to heart from one part of the world to another, very Mm -hmm. different people, but we can go heart to heart, mind to mind via technology. And I want to help people uh, make use of this right now. And the pandemic is is helping us in that sense right now. Well, I
1: I want to hear your fifth one too. So I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to throw this out there as a thought starter for people that are listening to that that one of the cool things is that let's say that you decide you want to learn how to sail and you connect with someone in Croatia who is a sailor when people have a shared common interest especially if they're like I'm I'm 52 this year so when you get to a certain age you realize so much of life is not about just doing 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 but it's also about giving back and contributing and so what i've discovered and i'd love to hear if this has been your experience as well that when you connect with someone on something that you have a shared interest in, and that person has experience in it, very often they can't wait to tell you about it. You know, if someone said to me, uh, if someone, if a you know twenty-two year old kid was like, "I really want to go backpack around the world," literally, I would talk for hours and hours and hours about that because it was so life changing. I love it so much. And so, to me, one of the great joys in what you just shared this global perspective that you're helping bring to the table is that. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking yeah but i don't know if people would want to talk to me if it's a shared interest trust me maybe it's not going to be 100 of the time or maybe they're not 100 available but if it's a shared interest they love to talk about what you want to probably talk about so don't don't let that be a barrier to reaching out across this global network that you're talking about
0: this is so beautiful yes and uh, and and many many moments in 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 my life speak to that and uh, sometimes I ask for something that I think is much bigger. And yes, I hear 45 no's, but I hear also yes. And, yeah. and so go for it right now, right here. And um, the fifth one is how can I inspire others to be more free by be by freeing up myself from my own constraints?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's my inner work. Uh, how can I get rid? Of uh, my own limitations, and uh, the way I, I do this is by running in nature. So I do triathlons. I I endure. I have movement that is longer than is comfortable mm-hmm. in nature, and in this time, I I connect to myself, and something transforms. I think the earth, the the sun, the wind, it transforms me. And uh, I come back uh, every day, one and a half hours later, two hours later, three hours later after running. And um, I have worked on myself. I have liberated myself a little bit. And um, and one part is I hope that it has ripple effects. That my boys, my friends, whoever sees this, says, "Oh, if Simon can endure that yeah. under yes. any weather, uh, under any condition, I can. I can endure stuff."
1: Uh, that, that is so admirable. I am not i I'm an athlete, but I've never been a runner. So I hear someone talking about doing that kind of intense running, and it's so admirable to me. So that is congratulations. That is fantastic. And that is. We're talking about sitting down and writing ten pages a day. You're talking about going out there and running for hours every day. Uh, that's dedication. And I love the thing that you brought up about that your kids see you. Because people ask me all the time, this question comes up nonstop when I do interviews, when I'm doing book signings. Uh, they, They have super big hearts, which I love. And they say, I want to change the world. How do I change the world in a positive way? And I thought about it long and hard. And my answer is always the same. And this is so connected to that great answer you just gave, which is, you want to change the world? Be authentic. Because when you're authentic and you allow yourself to live in alignment with your own big five for life, in alignment with your heart, that people will see you doing that. And when they see you doing it, it gives them permission to be authentic in their own life. And so how fantastic that without having a sit down formal conversation about the importance of doing what you love in life with your kids, that simply by demonstrating that you're allowing yourself to be free to do the things that you want to do, it's just kids just pick it up. They just notice it and other people do as well. And uh, it's amazing how often people will come up to you when you're doing something like that and just say, hey, What's your secret, man? Because you just you seem to glow like when you run, you just seem to be so happy or when you're doing something that you love, you just seem to glow and, and they're going to ask you, what's your secret? And it's not because you said I've got, uh, you know, 24 things to tell you about. It's because you you drew them to you by being authentic. I think that's so awesome.
0: And and I, I resonate a lot with you say you give permission by that. So I think The reason why my friend was handing your book over to me, to everybody, is that this book, uh, The Big Five for Life, gave him permission to think about his big dreams, about his life and his legacy. And of course, it's in him already, but we sometimes need permission. We need that. Okay. We need it from ourselves, but a book can help. A piece of art can help. Uh, A coach can help. So... Uh, What you do, you show up and this gives permission to other people. So people listening right now, you have the same thing in yourself. Uh, Not everybody can um, sell 6 million people like John, uh, 6 million books like John. But this magic is inside of everybody. And if you show up and if you share it with others, you give permission to others also. So... Uh, the scale is different, but the spark is the same in everybody of us.
1: Well, and this goes to something that you and I were talking about super briefly before we started, which is the intersection of profit and purpose. And so for business executives and, the, and you can you can adjust the metric of profit uh, on an individual basis and make minutes of your life. And so if it's a business, you're, of course, looking to be profitable or else there's no business. If it's your life, you're looking to gather as many minutes doing what you want in the ways that you want, and that's success for you. But this intersection of profit and purpose is where that all beautifully corresponds to what you just said, that if I allow myself to not just do stuff, but if I allow myself to believe that it's possible to live an existence where I spend my minutes doing something I genuinely care about, and that if I do it well, that the world will reward me. And again, this applies to business as well as the minutes of your life. Then it enables me to focus on something that I'm far more passionate about. I'm excited to be spending my minutes on when I wake up on a Monday morning. Uh, I'm excited to tell other people that I'm spending my time on as opposed to like, oh, how's your day? Oh, I can't wait till Friday because i've been there i have so so been there for so many so many weeks and years of my life where i couldn't wait to fast forward from monday to friday so i would finally be free but people don't get excited about that nobody wants to invest in that product nobody wants to invest in that business but the business where it's built around purpose like this is the reason that i exist to make a difference in the lives of others to to build a spectacular bakery that brings satisfaction and joy to every single person who takes a bite of one of my products, expand that to any business. When people sense that you are so deeply connected to your purpose and that business, that is what opens up the potential to, in the book world, sell six million copies in any other business world to grow at the pace that makes your business sustainable and super successful so you can hire and grow as you wish. That's where it happens. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest barriers to this, uh, for me, it certainly was, and I see it so many times elsewhere, is to embrace the fact that if you're going to do something that you love, something that is in alignment with your purpose, and you're going to do it really well, that people are going to want to say thank you. And in today's society, the way in which they're going to say thank you is by buying more of your offering, by buying more of your product, more of your service, by recommending you to other people as happened with your friend giving you the Big Five for Life book. And if you as the creator of that content, if you as the CEO of that company have not dealt with that internal stuff that you and I were talking about earlier and being comfortable with people saying thank you and rewarding you with money, you will sabotage your success every single time. And so I really, really encourage if someone is on that path where they're building something in alignment with their purpose, make sure to check the internal stuff as it relates to money, as it relates to success, as it relates to worthiness, and make sure that all those channels are nice and clear and wide open that say, you know what, if I do good things in a good way and make a positive difference in the world, that it's okay to be rewarded.
0: Wow, this is powerful. And uh, it speaks to what I've been thinking about a lot in the last weeks that money is really just energy, life energy, an exchange of life energy.
1: It's the thank you in our society today. If you create a great song and people want to download it and you, the artist, are the one who receives some of the money for that, that's the thank you from everybody who loves your song. If you create a great product and they buy it and the check comes to you, that's the thank you. They're going to, they may send an email also, but part of, a big part of the thank you is the money. And uh, so, yeah, and and I struggled with this for so much of my early life because I had a a belief system that said that if you were super successful financially, that you must have done something wrong. You must have ripped off somebody at some point. And this was a tiny little piece of code that was inserted during my youth uh, from my family environment. It was just sort of a belief system that was shared with me. And without even being aware of it, I absorbed it. And then I, I, held held it in my head and it sabotaged so much of my success because I hold integrity to be a huge value. And so here I wanted to be a person of integrity. I also wanted to make a positive difference. But the better I did, the more positive difference I made, the more people said thank you financially. But then I had this belief that said the more they say thank you financially, at some point I must be ripping people off. That's in disalignment with my core value of integrity. And I'd blow the whole thing up. And That's just not the path to victory. I finally had to let go of that false belief. And I'll tell you very quickly, the way I let go of it was I just found two examples that showed that the belief that I was holding was completely ridiculous. And so I looked at Oprah Winfrey, who I think has added tremendous value to the world and has gotten a whole lot of of thank yous financially because of that. And I said, well, wait a minute, this person's not ripping people off and look at the, the success that's come to her. And I thought of another author that I really loved that I thought their, their work was just profound and powerful and had such a positive impact on the world. And they too had sold a ton of copies of books and had been rewarded financially. And so then once I had those, those much more accurate perceptions in my brain, I could let go of that false belief system. And really from there, everything just took off for me.
0: Wow, this is so powerful. And you also said you have one more CEO tip for us. That is, there are some things that are worth tracking in terms of measurement. And uh, can you unpack that?
1: Yeah, so this uh, this is something that uh, I've been sharing uh, recently because I thought it was really profound in the context of what we've all been going through. And it's know your numbers and know the important numbers. Uh, this ties into also the cosmic algorithm of the universe and the way in which we're demonstrating what's important to us. And so if as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, I say, well, you know what, if I could get my revenues to 2.5 million uh, in this new company that I started, then at that point, I would feel like my sustainability was pretty much guaranteed. And I would make sure that I spent more time with my family. Maybe I attend my son's football game. Uh, I'm going to make sure that we have uh, Adventure Day as a family once every two weeks, whatever. Like you sort of set these things that are important to you that it's really important to honor that because we're all here to learn lessons. And I've discovered that if we say that, yeah, as soon as I get to 2.5 million, then I'm going to spend more time with my family. And then we don't honor that. We don't respect that, that the universe has a way of reminding us of that lesson. And we may not like the way in which that reminder is given. Uh, And so it's really important to take the time to map out. This is what my ideal life looks like. What numbers are associated with that time with friends, time with family, time alone, uh, time running as it relates to you and your big five for life item, time traveling as it relates to mine. Uh, What are those numbers? And then making sure that we honor those numbers as we're going through the course of our daily lives. Uh, Because again, Otherwise, we tend to get the life lesson. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the universe likes to do life lessons in a very interesting way. It starts with a gentle little tap on the shoulder. Hey, remember you said this was important to you and taps you on the shoulder. And if I don't really listen to that, then the tap becomes a little more significant. And if I really don't listen, eventually it becomes like a smack across the forehead with a two by four. And it's so much easier to listen to the gentle tap on the shoulder than to have to get the two before across the forehead to finally pay attention
0: to it. I love this. Dude, we, we could go on forever here. <laughs> and this is beautiful. We have to continue this conversation.
1: Fantastic. About- we'll, do it, we'll do a second round sometime in the future.
0: Absolutely. When your new book comes out and we can promote that, please come back soon and is there anything i forgot to ask you
1: uh you know what people are often asking so you know in what way can they stay connected to the energy of the cafe the energy of the big five for life and so i would say that definitely track what we're doing on social media Uh, so at john strelecki they're all the normal social media channels and then also check out john i started posting when i come up with ideas that are things that I really wanna share and I don't necessarily wanna to wait to put them in a book. I'll write a piece about it. And so I've been posting those uh, on a blog that I have been writing on johnstrelecky.com. And so uh, depending on what you're thinking about in life and maybe what you're wondering about, you may find some interesting thought perspectives uh, when you go to johnstrelecky.com and take a look at what's there.
0: Absolutely. And where do you hang out in terms of socials? Are, are, are there some where you hang out? So
1: Instagram, and we post Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the four big ones. And then, uh, like I said, I think we just posted that alligator video.
0: TikTok.
1: Uh, Yeah, check out TikTok and see if you can find that alligator video.
0: Alligator video. Beautiful. Thank you so much, John, for being here, sharing your wisdom, your journey, and the uh, cosmic algorithm with us. Please come back soon.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your big five for life. And uh, I look forward to when we can do this in person, hopefully next time.